Hello and welcome to this talk from Hersham Baptist Church. My name is Heather and it's great to be with you today. Well, we're coming to the end of our Lent series as Easter is soon to be upon us next Sunday. And so today marks the start of the most significant week in the church's calendar. It's the start of Holy Week when we remember the days leading up to Easter Sunday when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and perhaps also eat a little bit too much chocolate. And if we think about it for a moment, it's a really strange kind of religion that celebrates as its most significant festival a week when its king would end up being betrayed by one of his followers, arrested, beaten and killed in the most horrific way imaginable and seemingly abandoned on the cross by the very people he came to save. So why do we celebrate this week so much? Well, of course, we know that living this side of the resurrection, that what looked to the people at first to have been a spectacular defeat for Jesus when he was crucified on that cross, turned out to be the greatest victory the world has ever seen, a victory over death itself. But more about that next week. Today is Palm Sunday, when we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem at the beginning of Holy Week. Many a children's Bible will have this as its front cover. It's an image many of us are probably very familiar with. Jesus riding on a donkey with crowds around him cheering, shouting Hosanna and waving palm branches. But what does it all mean? I was struck again this week by what an incredible storyteller Jesus is. I would have loved to have been there in the crowds, listening to him teach in all those strange parables we often struggle to understand, trying to figure out what it all means, like one of those riddles that people set in treasure hunts for you to try and work out. A parable is a story told to illustrate some kind of lesson, to teach us something. And Jesus, in this passage that we're about to read today, says very few words, but his actions speak so loudly if we listen carefully. The triumphal entry, Palm Sunday, is is like a kind of acted out parable. And today we're going to think about what lesson Jesus is trying to convey to us through this story. Now, my husband Phil is a big fan of mystery books and especially Agatha Christie. And what he would say she is so gifted at is writing in such a way that you get to the very end of the book and you suddenly have that moment of, aha, now I see. How could I have missed that? How didn't I spot that that person was the guilty one? And the Bible, in the same way, is full of mysteries. Things that we get a little glimpse of, but it's only in the end that we fully see what's going on. It's like waiting for the final few pieces of a jigsaw puzzle to be put into place to see what it is. And Jesus himself can seem like a mystery at first, but one who, as we see him revealed layer by layer as we go through the Bible, can produce the most incredible wow moment when we see him for who he really is. So let's dig in. Today we're going to read the account of Palm Sunday found in Mark's Gospel, chapter 11. And verses 1 to 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, 
and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. So they went outside and they found a colt in the street, tied at a doorway. And as they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing, untying that colt? And they answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. And when they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest! Jesus entered Jerusalem and he went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. As we've been reading through the Gospel of Mark in our devotions this Lent, I have been struck again that Jesus could not stop announcing the coming of his kingdom. Jesus is king, and he came to announce a new and magnificent kingdom that he calls us all to be a part of. And I want to ask three questions today as we look at this passage in Mark together. Firstly, why did Jesus ride into Jerusalem that day in the way he did? What message was he trying to send us? What does it tell us about Jesus? And how should we respond? So firstly then, let's look at the timing of Jesus' entry to Jerusalem. Jesus came to Jerusalem in order to celebrate the Passover festival. Passover was one of the most significant festivals for Jewish people because it celebrates their freedom from slavery when God uses Moses to lead them out of Egypt and into the promised land, Israel, where they could live in peace from their enemies. And it's no accident that Jesus chooses this occasion to make his entrance into Jerusalem and that it would mark the time of his own death. Just like Moses, Jesus was leading the people to a new freedom, a freedom from sin and death. But this time, Jesus himself would be the sacrifice who would enable the people to enter the promised land, the kingdom of heaven. So let's pause for a quick history lesson. The festival is called Passover because when God led the Israelites out of Egypt, he instructed them to kill and eat a final meal of lamb a lamb they were to choose without defect, so there was nothing wrong with it. It was spotless. And then they were to paint the blood of the lamb across the door frames of their houses. And by this, God would know that these were the homes of the Israelites. And when the final plague struck in Egypt, he would pass over the houses marked with the blood of the lamb, and they would not be hurt. Now Jesus, when he chooses to come at Passover, is beginning to signal to us that he himself is also a kind of Passover lamb. He is going to be the one who will be himself the sacrifice in order to lead the people to freedom. Except his sacrifice is not just going to stop us from being impacted by one single plague, but his sacrifice will be sufficient for all people at all times 
to be set free from sin and from death itself in order to be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. John the Baptist also makes this connection between Jesus and the Passover festival when he said of Jesus at his baptism, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And that's why we sing that popular modern song, The Lion and the Lamb. Because as well as being our conquering lion, Jesus is also, importantly, the sacrificial lamb who gave his life for us. So the timing of Jesus' entry to Jerusalem at Passover is really important because through it, he is sending a message in this acted-out parable of who he is and of what he has come to do. He is the one who will lay down his life to save the people from their sins. And then I want to look at how he came. How did he enter Jerusalem on this day? Well, the passage tells us that he came riding on a colt. That is the foal of a donkey. Jesus chose a colt and not a horse or a more majestic animal to ride on because he wanted to show us that he is a different kind of king. The prophet Zechariah wrote hundreds of years earlier that the Messiah, God's promised saviour, would enter Jerusalem in this way. And he said it so well when he said the Messiah would come righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey. Now the words righteous and victorious might not seem to fit very well with the words lowly and donkey. But then Jesus doesn't fit any stereotypes. He is a king unlike any other. He is righteous and wins victory for us over sin and death. He is the greatest conqueror the world has ever seen. And yet, he is also humble in everything he does. He doesn't enter with any pomp or ceremony, but as a humble servant, come to give himself for his people. He is the true servant king. And we've been looking at these characteristics of Jesus in our Lent series as well. Jesus is gentle and lowly in heart. And it's so important that we understand this about him. He is a king, yes, but one who any of us can freely approach. Whether we're very young or very old, whether we're rich or poor, whether we're clever or unable to even read a word, whether we're happy or sad, whether we're joyful or angry, Jesus is someone who all of us can come near to. So what does all this tell us about Jesus then? Well, we've seen that Jesus was telling us a great story in his actions on that first Palm Sunday a story of who he is and what he's come to, come to do. And I want to suggest there's three particular things that we should take away about Jesus from this. The first is that Jesus is God's promised Messiah, his promised saviour. He is the one who Zechariah wrote about, who would enter Jerusalem riding on a donkey. He's the one who God had been promising he would send to save the people. Secondly, that Jesus is the true and better Passover lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is the only way to heaven. 
When Jesus entered Jerusalem at Passover, it was not an accident. It was deliberate because Jesus wanted us to see that he is that true Passover lamb, the one who sets us free to enter a new kind of promised land, the eternal kingdom of heaven. And thirdly, that Jesus is a servant king. Jesus wants us to understand that he would not be the mighty warrior king that many might have expected the Messiah to be, not some great Roman soldier. He wouldn't come riding on an impressive horse in full battle armour, ready to slay every enemy in his path. But he would defy all expectations and come as a lowly servant, laying himself down for the people he loved and thereby winning the ultimate victory through sacrifice, demonstrating in the most spectacular way that love wins. So finally then, how should we respond to this news about Jesus? Well, firstly, do we recognise him as our king? Do we know that Jesus is the promised Messiah sent by God to save you and me from our sins? the ultimate expression of God's love for us. What that means is that we see that our lives aren't quite as they should be. There are things in our lives, we sometimes call it sin, that keep us distant from God. We recognise that we need to find a way back to God and that he has provided that way himself in the person of Jesus. If that resonates with you and you want to start following him as your king today, then why not pray along with me in a simple prayer in a moment's time. Because Jesus has come declaring himself to be the path to freedom. Freedom from sin and from every chain that constrains us. He has come to lead us to a new life, a new kingdom where he reigns and where he has already conquered death for us. Secondly, if you already know Jesus as your King, as your Lord and Saviour, will you raise your voice to him in praise this morning? Will you declare that he is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, bringing in the long-awaited eternal kingdom? Will you spread your cloak on the ground and shout Hosanna like those crowds? How willing are we to publicly declare our faith in Jesus? And lastly... Are we willing to keep following Jesus into Jerusalem, knowing that we will be following him into trouble and controversy, trial and death? Christian means little Christ, a follower of Jesus. Jesus calls us to follow him wherever he goes, and that path isn't always an easy one. There are times of joy and rejoicing, just like on that first Palm Sunday, But there are also times of trial and suffering. Many of us will not be called to die a physical death for Jesus, but we are called to lay down our lives in many other ways. Will we choose to follow Jesus when it costs us to do so? Will we choose to stand with Jesus even when those around us don't? Will we choose to live a life of generosity, putting others before ourselves, just like Jesus did? Will we turn down promotion in order to have time, more time, to serve Jesus if that's what he calls us to do? Will we sacrifice nights doing other things in order to join the church to pray? Will we be willing to tell others about Jesus 
which is the job he left us to do, even if it feels a little bit awkward sometimes. This is what we are called to in Jesus. And he has shown us that he has won the victory. But he's also the one who is humble and lowly. The one who walks with us through all that we go through in this life. And he invites us to join him in it. So we're just going to take a moment to be quiet, to reflect on all that Jesus wants to speak into our lives this morning. And I'm going to pray that prayer, which you might like to pray along with me, if you want to come and follow Jesus today. Father God, we want to thank you for Jesus. We want to thank you that he is the true and better Passover lamb. Lord, that he is the one who you have sent in order to die for us, in order that we might be set free from sin and death to come and live with you in that new and eternal kingdom. Lord, we want to say we're sorry for the things in our lives um, which we've done wrong. We want to say we're sorry for our sins, that we haven't loved you and others as we should. And Lord, we pray that you would forgive us. And we pray that you would help us to come and follow Jesus today and every day. Following him wherever he calls us to go. And that we might join you in declaring that awesome kingdom and the good news of Jesus. Amen.